This episode is sponsored by the Syracuse University School of Education. A pioneer in inclusive education, Syracuse offers scholarships for graduate programs in teacher preparation, counseling, higher education, educational leadership, instructional design, and more. Syracuse's equity-driven community leads in inclusive and anti-racist research and practice, as well as experimental learning and the integration of digital technologies. Advance the future of learning and your career. Visit soe.syr.edu slash pulse to learn more. That's soe.syr.edu slash pulse. You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We are the number one outlet for HBCU life, talking about everything that's important to our culture, from on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and host HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today, where we are recapping everything that went down in week two. And also, we're going to look ahead to week three. HBCU football is rolling. A lot of interesting storylines going into week three. I got Ariel in the building. Ariel, how you doing today? I, you know, I want people to see the old Aggie shirt of what we used to be great. You know, it's, it's been a very um, wild weekend. I can say that for the week. Yeah. So for, for the, the radio podcast audience, she has a classic shirt for the Aggie Eagle classic, you know, like, like, you know, the A&T wants to reclaim those days for sure. I'm already knowing with what went down because North Carolina central look a really nice Ariel. They won 30 to 16, the Aggie Eagle classic. Davius Rich had a really good game. Didn't throw a passing touchdown, but he rushed for two touchdowns. So I got to get your breakdown on that. This, that was your game of the week. You're an Aggie. So let's go on and pop it off. So what did you think about the Aggie Eagle Classic? You know, it was absolutely better than last year's. Last year's was turning more into a blowout than this time. But just shutting it out, shutting A&T out from the third and fourth quarter, not being able to score points based on the defense and the forced turnovers that were put against us by Central. Obviously, it was a great game. It was in our house at Truist Stadium, so I thought that would have brought us a little bit of luck. But it's the same thing with Jaeger, our quarterback, that's not thinking these plays through, but also just Central having a really tough defense and having man coverage just on point. I, I just have to say that the defense of Central – is one of the most impressive and one of the most refreshing things that I have ever seen. Just the speed and the ability not to get tied as quickly, but to also get the other team off the field so that way your quarterback, who is still one of those most amazing HBCU quarterbacks that I have seen in a very, very long time, get on the field. And like you said, of course, he didn't have any passing touchdowns by himself, but he did have two rushing touchdowns, which I think really confused but also was the kryptonite to A&T because A&T doesn't have a dual threat quarterback nor are they used to seeing that since they had Lamar so Davis Richards posed as a very very good obstacle but also a very very good opponent against A&T and I have to give Central their credit because when it was time to get down and dirty we were going into halftime 17-16 they came right back up and showed A&T why they deserve these rights as a classic it is disappointing to see that and i think a&t did come back from few of those struggles of passing and just making sure they are able to see their players but at this point central just outplayed us it was a very very good game but i i'm disappointed to see my aggies this way going back to back years without winning a classic and i understand that this is just a moment 
in time where they're still trying to get their feet wet, but also figure out where they stand in their new conference. But hopefully we don't do this a third time in the row because the funeral that Central had for us is starting to sound better and better each year. I think they got over that little bad luck stuff and now they're on the revenge path. But this is only going to set up Central way, way better, except until they get to this weekend. I think they might experience their first loss. Um, but Central, I, I don't see them going downhill anytime from here. Yeah, so I totally get it. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the game because I, I was locked into Southern versus Jackson State. But I think that North Carolina Central is as advertised. I honestly think they might have gotten better, especially with Davies Richard having another year under his belt. I think him growing as, as a player and definitely him trying to get, you know, some draft looks and get drafted and get into the NFL. Uh, I think that, you know, he needs these signature wins. And I know that he didn't have a passing touchdown, but if you, if you look at his stats, I mean, you got to get the ball down the field somehow, you know, he's not like rushing for 85, 60, 70 yards, you know? So, you know, and at least not every play. So you got to get that ball down the field to get in position to even score, to get 30 points. So I think that's on him. So, uh, you know, I, I want to see A&T do a little bit better. Of course, they're playing Elon, you know, uh, this was weekend. So I definitely want to see them get better. I want to see them get back to the Aggies that we've seen before. But let's talk about the Pete Richardson classic Jackson State versus Southern hated rivals. Like when I tell you HBCU beef doesn't get real until you look at swag beefs on Twitter, on Facebook, in person, like Fort Valley, Albany State ain't nothing like this. All right, we just throw, you know, little jokes at each other, but it ain't nothing like this. Like Southern and Jackson State, it's like a real deal, old school college football hate. And Jackson State got the win. Ario, you and I both predicted that they would win. But I do want to say this. I said on last week that Jackson State was going to win, and it was going to be by two touchdowns. You were like, Randall, two touchdowns? I was correct. <laughs> Jackson State won 27 to 14, two touchdowns. And the reason why I knew they were going to win by two touchdowns is what I saw against Alabama State. I think Southern has an uphill battle really getting their offense up to snuff. I think that what I'm looking at right now, and this is honest, just be telling the truth, not trying to be to be provocative. They have one of the worst offenses in the swag. They have one of the worst offenses in the swag. And I just think at this point, it's not going to get better. They're playing FAMU really soon. You know, they're, they're playing other teams. They have high-powered offenses that we're really seeing move the ball down the field. They have to play Grambling in the Bayou Classic, and Miles Crawley has been doing amazing. Crawley had a great game against LSU. So I just think that if we're going tit for tat as far as offense, I don't think that Grambling – I don't think that Southern is really going to keep up with the pace. Uh, Harold Blood, uh, I want to see more from him. It seems as if he's not the answer. A lot of folks want to see some other talent at that quarterback position because Bashawn McCray just simply was not cutting it. Like he was a, a good rushing quarterback, but throwing the ball, he didn't do all that great. Harold Blood seems like a more pure passer. And I think he has talent. I think he has intangibles. I think he is a quality quarterback, but if something's not hitting. I don't know if it's the play call in by Coach Eric Dooley. I don't know if it's the plays that, that are being called. I don't know if he's not seeing the defense the right way. I really don't know what's going on with Harold Blood because I think that he is talented. He has some really impressive throws, some really impressive plays especially in that first half, but he threw two interceptions. So it was an okay game. He threw two interceptions that really stalled drives. So I think, you know, with Harold Blood, I'm not going to say, hey, get him out of there, 
but I honestly think that something does need to change at the very least in the play calling to see what, what can be done more to really get more out of Harold Blood. So Herb Mulligan, Ariel, we talked about him a couple weeks ago after that South Carolina State victory where he dominated and had that big opening touchdown run that put Jack State on the board for the first time in the game and the season in the MEAC Swag Challenge. Herb Mulligan is going to continue to be the star. And honestly, when you look at that Jackson State running back room, they are legit. And I think that they're going to power that offense. Of course, you know, we talk about Shador Sanders. He's doing great at Colorado. He was at Jackson State last year. And that offense went where Shador Sanders went. In that celebration ball in 2021 against South Carolina State, Shador didn't have a great game. So they didn't win. You look at the 2022 celebration bowl, Shador had a better game. They were in contention to win. Jason Brown, ever since the MEAC SWAC Challenge, he's not been great. He didn't throw for 300 yards against FAMU. He didn't throw 300 yards this game. He was a serviceable game manager, it seemed like. He made the throws he needed to make. He handed off the ball to Irv Mulligan. He handed off the ball to the other running backs, and they were able to make it happen and help the team get down the field. But Jackson State's defense, once again, is as advertised, and I honestly believe that's going to be a bright spot as well. So like I said, Ario, we both picked Jackson State to win. I picked Jackson State by two touchdowns, and the reason why is because I just personally believe T.C. Taylor is a good coach, and I think this game showed that level of coaching. Because I think coaching is more than X's and O's. I think that's very important and more important than a lot of folks, you know, really give credit to. But I think that in general is also resolved. You had that great win against South Carolina State and folks are saying, hey, look at them. They're back. They're the guys. Dion who? Then you go to FAMU and you get dominated. So now you're playing against Southern, a heated rival that's trying to get a win back after they lost to Alabama State. And now it's like, hey, how are you going to respond? And I think the testament to the coaching is keeping your team motivated, putting them in situations where they can win and they can be successful. And like I said, we've seen it with T.C. Taylor as an offensive coordinator, as an assistant coach. We've seen that from him in his history, how he develops his players. So I think that that's what we're seeing right now. And Southern's offense is going to really struggle this year unless they make some changes. No, I completely agree with everything you're saying. And it's it's kind of funny that – I'm I'm very happy that Jackson State in this game got back to the basics now being one and one and now Southern is zero and two, something that we should really be worried about. But Jackson State showed in this past Richardson Classic game that they are still the dominating force that you guys had saw when we had that MEX Swag Challenge. It was a complete punch to the chest and just a stake to the heart when we saw them last week playing FAMU that this was not the same team that we have saw coming out and open this season and I think it was just jitters and trying I think a lot of Jackson State players and not necessarily T.C. Taylor but maybe a little bit in his head like this team has to be perfect because of what happened last year and I think this was the perfect game against Southern to show that if we stick to our basics if we remember our fundamentals then we can win this game but also like you said just having a deep backfield having a wide spread of running backs that you can choose from and running backs are not just scoring first downs on play just every 10 yards you have these running backs are scoring 20 30 you had a 67 yard touchdown from a running back on Jackson State early in the game and then you had a 75 yard touchdown coming from another running back to close that game and shut them out 27 to 14. So you look at this and no matter where you go at Jackson state, whether the passing game is going to be great or rather we get to see Brown use his legs or make those decisive decisions, whatever happens, we know that they are going to be safe and this is going to pose a challenge 
if, but we can mostly say when they reach the celebration bowl again at the end of this year. I think this past performance was perfect, and I hope that they stay this way. But on the other hand, a Southern going 0-2, when you look at the swag, there doesn't seem to be competition at all. It, and I know it's early in the season. I know we're only on week three. But most of these teams are either 1-1 one and one and they're 0-2. And I don't know if it's a scheduling thing. I don't know if it's the colleges that they're playing. But none of them seem to have that kind of discipline or that kind of bounce back that Jackson State is having besides maybe FAMU. Just the swag in total has – they do have great players and we've been seeing great games. But it just seems a lack – or not much pushback to be like, hey, we need to prepare for the next team that we're playing, especially when you're going to play teams like Jackson State and FAMU, who are really good this year, who have been battling really good teams. It seems like, especially with Southern, there's not going to be as much competition, which we may see a weaker swack this year, which I'm not. I, I could be wrong, and I'm not opposed to that, but I think just as in general, I don't think there's any competition that's really being presented. It's either Jackson State or FAMU or BUS. Uh, we don't have any other options, especially after this weekend. So I think Southern, how you broke it down and analyzed it so beautifully and correctly, especially with your on-point two-touchdown score, I think there's a lot of things that they need to go back and reconfigure because right now the SWAC – doesn't have dominant teams to me besides Jackson State and Florida A&M. That's, that's all I see. So I think that really the problem that we're seeing, especially with the schedule, is that you have a lot of these teams that are playing FBS opponents. So, you know, of course you have Jackson State that's playing Texas State this weekend. You have FAMU that played USF. FAMU looked really great against South Florida. We thought they would. They didn't win, but they look competitive. Uh, but you have, you know, of course you have Texas Southern. that got blown out. By Toledo, they yet Prairie View that you know they they play Abilene Christian and they lost. So you're playing these FBS teams and you know you're not you're not competing with them. I mean Grambling it was 72-10, but at the same time Grambling for a little second looked good. So I think that Grambling when they go into conference play, I think that Grambling is going to re look really nice because the offense is legit. Because you know you have that back and forth shootout game with Hampton, then you have an amazing offensive performance in a spurt with Miles Crawley at LSU against the FBS defense, I think that Grambling is going to show up. FAMU is going to be dominant, but they're not going to be the Jackson State dominant, I believe, that we've seen these past couple of years. I'm picking FAMU. I pick them to win the whole entire thing, Celebration Bowl, SWAC Championship, everything. But I think you're going to see some close games. Like, you're not going to see that same Orange Blossom Classic performance. So I think the parity is definitely there. But a lot of these teams don't look as good as they will in conference play because I think that they're going against more talented teams in the FBS, even lower tier FBS teams, where this recruiting class that they brought in and the talent they have in right now just can't compete with those teams. But I think that you'll see some competition from a lot of these different schools. I'm shaking on Southern. I, I don't think that it's going to be Southern and FAMU in the SWAC championship anymore. Uh, Alcorn, I'm shaking on Alcorn. I honestly think that when we go to conference play, it really might be Grambling. You might have been right about that. It might be Grambling. I'm a little bit shaky. We'll really have to see. But let's go into headlines of the weekend. So, Ario, we had really the same two headlines. And it's Morgan State we got to start off with. Because, Ario, you know, we really were high on Morgan State after they beat Richmond. And we should have. Because they did great against Akron. 
And Akron is not a great FBS team by any stretch of the imagination. They lost week one in a heartbreaker to Temple, right? So the big thing is that Morgan State has to go in there, have the dominating defense. Damon Wilson clearly knows how to win out-of-conference games. You know, him being that buoy, he won a lot of out-of-conference games. That buoy made the playoffs, made a little run in the playoffs in 2021. So Damon Wilson knows what he needs to do to make things happen, and they did it. Got an interception in the end zone from Akron quarterback Jeff Underclufford Jr. Got an interception from Jeff, and he, they were in the end zone about to score, and all you got to do is run the ball out. I get you a couple first downs and kneel that thing out. I can do that in Madden. You know, kneel that thing out and win that game. It, it, it ain't hard. And then you run it, and then it's a fumble and a scooping score? Like, when I tell you my heart was broken, I, I was like, we were so close. I had a whole entire article I was going to write on clutch points about an HBCU beat an FBS team. I was so ready, Ariel. Then literally Morgan State fumbled it away. I don't think it's an indictment on them. Still think they're going to be a great team. And listen, the defense is amazing. So I don't think it's an indictment on them. But they literally fumbled it away. Almost cried. It was crazy. I just, there's, that hurt my heart. But shout out to Morgan State. Because when you look at MIAC opponents compared to the SWAC, it's, it's so few of us and it's hard to kind of rotate greatness or um, competition in a way without speaking on teams that are showing dominance, like how we see in Norfolk and how we see at Hampton and, you know, a chorus of what do we see in central, but Morgan state is trying to vie in this argument that we are just as good at those three teams or more say better like the fight and being able to almost win against Akron is incredible. But that scoop and score, I, my heart literally dropped. I mean, Brian McCoy deserves all, all that credit. That was incredible for his team in Akron. But it just hurts to see their, the quarterback from where to say go down. And Deuce Taylor, let me tell you, was having a game. That man was balling. And I all credit to him, and it should be nothing on his part because he literally did everything that he could to get Morgan State in this position to actually be able to win this game. But this this to me was just an incredible performance. And I love to see HBCUs put up a fight or at least try to win and have a shootout of a game because that's basically what it was all the way into the fourth quarter of trying to beat these schools that nobody gives them credit for. So this was a beautiful game. Unfortunately, they had to lose, but oh man, that I'm I'm loving the talent that the MIAC is displaying, especially from Morgan State and especially from Hampton. But this, if you guys haven't watched it or you haven't even looked at the highlights, please, because this was a game that literally stole not only stole what we want to do for the weekend, but just stole our hearts completely because the the grit and the fight that Morgan State was displaying on that field was impeccable. Yeah, and I think that one thing with Morgan State that we're seeing from them is that they have a really great defense. Because, you know, when you look at what happened, you know, when they fumbled the ball so well, because Morgan State got the ball back, they tried to get a couple first downs, and that run that time off the clock, and then, of course, kneel down. But Akron, they stood tall, they halted that run game, forced them to convert on a third and nine, and then the scoop and score happened. 
from the, and then, you know, the, from the 21 yard line, it was, like I said, it was heartbreaking. Uh, the offense, I'm not really sold on it. I'm not sold on Morgan State's offense. I think that there is some hills they have to climb with that. And I think that when they go up against a Morgan, uh, when they go up against North Carolina Central, when they go up against, uh, you know, other competitive teams like Howard, I think that Howard's offense is refined. I think that North Carolina Central, you have like really a once in a generation quarterback. Because I honestly think, you know, we think that's how great he is. So I think that that's going to be what eludes Morgan State and keeps him in that third or second place spot. So either North Carolina Central most likely or Howard. But the defense is as advertised, you know, and the running game is as advertised. You have J.J. Davis, you know, that he had that fumble. But to be honest, like he got a good, he had a good game. Like outside of, you know, him getting that fumble and the scuba court happening and the ball was in his hands, like he had a really good game. And then you look at that, that defense, I really think that Morgan State's defense is going to be a problem. Like Akron could not run the ball. If you look at the box score, eight yards of rushing. Like Akron had eight yards of rushing. Now we know if if, if you know you watch the game, that ain't true. It's not like they rushed for only eight yards. They, 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 they like, like they could even even move the line of scrimmage a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Eight yards. They could like like, like they, they couldn't walk from their bed to, to the TV at, at home in the dorm room. Nah, they had more than eight yards. They had they gained for sixty yards, but they lost so many yards because the QBs for Akron kept getting sacked. Jeff got got sacked like for 43 yards. And then, you know, you have DJ Irons that got sacked. So both of them were getting sacked. So that adds up after a while, you know, so that's why the rushing yard total was so low, but also the testament to the pressure they were putting on those quarterbacks because yeah, Akron that played two quarterbacks. Now, Jeff, you know, Jeff Jr. For Akron, 209 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. I think that Morgan State has to get better with how teams move the ball down the field. Now, they're keeping them out the red zone for the most part. Only one touchdown this quarterback threw for but 209 yards. I would rather 150, 160, because I think you keep them around 150, 160. Obviously, that'll give your team a better outcome. But to me, that means in the story of the game that they're not moving the ball as well because you're stopping the run game. They want to establish the run game to, you know, to keep you on your toes. They can run it. They can pass it. Play at your pass, really open things up, force you to be in man coverage, drop the safety. But, you know, the, the big thing is that you got to stop the pass game. If they don't stop the pass game, I honestly think like a Davies Richard, he's going to dot them up because Davies Richard is going to get better with his pass game as the year goes on. I think Howard, they're doing great with the run game. I think Styles make fights. But at the same time, Howard might get in a situation where they can start dotting them up. So I think that the defense, as far as how, how they're defending the pass, has to be better. But the run game is really what I've seen that shine through. But Ariel, I just think the offense needs to get better if they really want to beat out of North Carolina Central Howard. No, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I, I think for most of the teams, they're thinking that the ground game is what's going to be important. That's And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that you have to be able, in order to move down this field, and if you're not having strong quarterbacks like Shador Sanders or you're not having quarterbacks that are able to do both ways like Davius Richard, I think that having a really good – having really good people that are in your backfield, having really good running backs is going to be essential, but you can't stay that way. And hopefully Morgan State and Howard and these other teams know that in order to win against games, and we're, and we're seeing it across the board, whether it's in NFL or it's in high school sports or we're looking at any or in D2 sports as well, 
you can't rely on what you're good at. You have to pivot. And hopefully in week three, these teams, we see a pivot with them where if they're relying too heavy on the ground that they put it in the air. And if they're relying too heavy in the air, they put it in the ground. But everybody has their kinks this week to work out. But it's not a bad start to the to the football season. We've seen some incredible, really close games, especially like how you said in FBS and FCS. So I I'm really excited to see what happens in week three with these other teams. I totally agree. And listen, Ario, you already know the headline that we share for that number two is Miles College, SIAC Division II team upsetting Alabama State. So before I, I, I just go off about it real quick, tell me how tell me what you thought about it. I wasn't actually able to catch this game. I had to get the highlights of this game, but when I tell you I was literally speechless. I'm just Alabama State has not been the school that I thought it was going to be. Like last year, we we saw that they had potential, and maybe just maybe they might be, you know, somewhat on an up in the season that we were that well, I thought that we were going to have, but Miles College coming and beating Alabama State was something that I couldn't have even put in my little fortune telling ball. Like I could have, I can't make this stuff up. Like, I don't, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why Alabama state let it happen, but shout out to D two schools because they made us D one schools look really, really silly this past weekend. I want to hear your thoughts because I was, I was just in awe that Alabama state, really let miles college come back and beat them that's 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 what that's that's the whole storyline and that's literally going to be the thing that haunts alabama state for the rest of this season is what happened that saturday and why did miles college upset them well i think that you know for me i i, I try my best not to be biased because I, i'm a d2 graduate i went to fort Valley state university seen a lot of miles college games i was actually at Miles College's uh, 2019 championship win versus Albany State before COVID. Uh, I was I was there. I um, mean, it was it was it was Albany State's campus. It was it was a, a great game, and you know, Miles College seeing them up close once again, them winning that championship. It really said a lot about that program that Reginald Ruffin at the time was was running. I think that oftentimes when it comes to FCS HBCUs and the two HBCUs, there's a a, a notion of superiority that I think needs to be tampered down. Yes, there's less scholarships in Division II as opposed to FCS. And there's a disparity from FCS to FBS. We know these things. But I think that when it comes to talent, when it comes to coaching, when it comes to scheme, I don't think that there is a big difference between Division II HBCUs, especially your, your, your top-tier ones, and your Division I HBCUs, especially the ones that aren't necessarily contenders. Can FAMU go out and blow out Fort Valley like how they did the times we played them? Yeah, we weren't necessarily all that good. Did they do that to Albany State that just won SIC championship? They didn't because Albany State was one of the better teams in Division II. Can Alabama State have, who has a great defense, but they clearly don't have a great offense? They won 14 to 10 over Southern, but they don't have a great offense. Can you beat a Mouse College team that's one of the better defenses in the SIC and Division II? Honestly, probably number two behind Benedict. I, I didn't like I, I picked Alabama State just because I wanted to be right. But in my heart, I was like, Miles College is going to win that game. 
And yeah, yeah, I mean, you had Alabama State that went up 14 to zero to start the game. And it was like, okay, you know, I'm going to be right. Alabama State is going to go in there and get them out of there. But you look at the game, and everybody's been saying this Miles College, Division II or not, they were the better team. So Alabama State, if you look at the passing numbers and rushing numbers, Alabama State ended the game with more passing yards, 210, and more rushing yards, 190. They had more, they had more passing rushing yards than Miles. But Miles was way more efficient when they had that ball on offense. They finished the game with more first downs. So they had 19 first downs, more third down conversions. They were 7 to 15. They ran 68 offensive plays to Alabama State's 53, like about 60 to 70. And they averaged 14 yards per completion. And then they dominated the time of possession, 34 minutes and 11 seconds. And every time that Miles Cottles got in the red zone, they scored. That's how you win a game. Then on top of that, they nabbed three turnovers, three interceptions from Demetrius Davis. So you look at that team, like Miles College was the better team. And people are like, oh, they lost to a D2 school? Oh, my gosh. It shouldn't be that shocking. Because is it shocking that there's other levels of football with HBCUs that have talent? Is that shocking? I don't think it is. And I was making this, this argument on Twitter. And, you know, it, it really bothered me because I hate the, the the faux notions of superiority in life in general. I really hate that. Like, oh, just because I'm here, I'm better than you. I hate that in, in, in anything. Right. But it really irks me when, when it comes to Division two versus versus FCS HBCUs, because it almost seems as if people feel as if only the FCS HBCU should have draft picks because Joshua Williams got drafted out of Fayetteville State. Emmanuel Wilson made the Packers roster, although he didn't play this past Sunday. So, like, there's talent in Division II. It ain't just Jackson State. It's not just FAMU. It's not just a and It's not just Central. Like, there's talent across all HBCUs. So, when, when you have D2 HBCUs on your, on your schedule, like, the people think it's going to just be Howard versus Morehouse. Morehouse is rebuilding. That happens. But when you play a team, you put Bendick on your schedule and see if you're if you going you gonna to score 65 on them. Like put like put this Fort Valley on your schedule and see what happened because we different, okay? Like put put the Albany State that gave Gardena years. Put Tuskegee. Tuskegee used to beat FCS teams all the time. We're not trying to pit HBCUs against each other, but what we're saying is that our Division Two HBCUs have talent as well. Because the pushback I already heard is that well, it looks bad when FCS teams, FCS HBCUs lose to HBC HBCU Division Two teams. Because it makes us look bad to NFL scouts. Because, oh, our boys aren't going to get drafted because we can't beat teams with less scholarships. There are other conferences that aren't HBCU conferences where Division II opponents are beating the FCS opponents. It happens. Who's to say that Ferris State this weekend, who's the champions of Division II, is not going to beat Montana State, a really good blue blood FCS team? Who's to say that? Who's to say that West Florida, I know, I know I'm with room for FAMU. Who's to say West Florida won't make that game competitive against FAMU? Are you going to say, well, it's a D2 team, you should have blown them out. They have talent on this level. And last thing I'll say, Ariel, is that it makes our athletes in Division II look bad if they're saying, well, if y'all can't beat these Division II teams, you shouldn't be in the NFL when there's talent here. So what you're saying is that, Every Division II HBCU that you schedule is a cupcake team, and there's not professional talent in these ranks. When Shannon Sharp is a Hall of Famer, y'all love him, he went to Savannah State. 
Like when you have all this talent that we've seen that's made it to the league and you have HBCUs that were in the SIC, they were in the, in the CIAA that moved up to the SWAC and the MIAC and of course the other conferences for some of them, they were in Division Two. So like that's the thing that irks me is that there's talent at this level and this notion of, oh, you lost to a D2 team? Fire the coach. Eddie Robinson should be gone. Or this notion of, well, you won. You, Howard beat Morehouse, but they're a Division II team. No, Howard beat Morehouse because Howard was the better team. Miles College beat Alabama State narrowly because they were the better team at Alabama State. They don't have a good offense right now. Great defense. No great defense, no offense. So it, it it really irks me just that that mentality, Ariel. It really irks me. No, but I'm I mean you you have a point, and it's been displayed even though we're still early in the season. But even towards the end of last season, that D two is making a shift. They are getting better players. They're getting better staff. They're getting better coaches, and they're just getting better in general. And so now we're seeing now that. The schedules kind of widen and the competition has kind of varied that when they play these schools and they perform these kind of upsets or they perform at a way that gets them close to even overturning on these really big D1 schools, you have to stop and think about it, but not negatively like, oh, they're just a D2 school. So if they won, you know, that's great for them or, oh, they're just a D2 school. How? Why are we losing to them? It's like, oh, these D2 schools can actually compete. They're actually really, really good. They have actual players. And I hate that, and, and, and I did it a little bit earlier in the show, I hate that when we look at D2 schools, including me, it's just like, well, okay, this was just a really good win, an easy win, and like a confidence booster. But like, as you said, I should look at them like, this is competition, regardless of where they stand, regardless of where they are. Because, like you said, Miles just outplayed Alabama State. And that's not the first and only team that has outplayed Alabama State. I don't know what's going on behind those scenes, but they haven't been together since last year. So this this shouldn't have surprised me, but also it shouldn't surprise me as well to hear how the game went and to see how the game went and just still think that Miles College wasn't the better team or wasn't strong enough of a team to be Alabama State because the proof is in the pudding. And if they continue like this, if they continue to have this grit, we'll probably see more upsets by Miles College and by other D2 schools that we personally just think aren't as great as the schools that we already root for. It's okay to say that D1 has problems. We're seeing it now, and we're seeing those problems when you try to leave a conference that – was tailored to you and you used to win. And you see that with A&T and A&T is still D1 school, but we're just, we've been losing and having bad seasons for two years straight. So I don't, I think it's time for us and for me as well to put back those notions that all D2 schools, this is an easy win. Or if they win, congratulations to them. They needed this. They don't need anything from us. What they are trying to tell us and what they send as a signal loud and clear against Alabama state is that they're coming for us. They're, probably better than us and don't look at them lowly just because it says D2 and whatever their school name is because Miles College put a warning sign out there going across all the doors these D2 schools are coming and we got to give them the respect that they deserve yeah and I, I'm just saying and I, I really appreciate that sentiment I know that it's never going to change because I think innately with humans we're going to look for superiority over other people I think that that's innate in job positions, 
in relationships, even in friendships, in friend groups, in, 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 in political affiliations. We want to look to be better. And that's just an innate thing, to be better than other people, to be better than another group, sports especially, because sports is tribal. But I just think that if we're talking about the upliftment of HBCUs and the notion is that, well, if these Division II teams keep beating these FCS HBCUs, it's clearly a problem. And it looks like Davius Richard and these guys aren't going to get drafted. If they're not going to get drafted, they're not scouting. Because I'll just say this. Like, look at what Shador Sanders is doing. And I'll just say this, we'll move on. Shador Sanders, we, Aria, we looked and we saw Shador Sanders do that at Jackson State. That Nebraska game on Saturday was just the Alabama State game. Alabama State, who ain't swat game last year. That's all Nebraska was. Because Alabama State played, played great defense. They were sacking Shador. They were putting pressure on him. He wasn't that effective in the first half. Then they pulled away and won in the second half. Then the who ain't swat shove happened. So if you're telling me, oh, now Shador is going to be a top three QB pick, but you didn't see it in FCS. That says a lot about how you evaluate talent. So if Miles College beating Alabama State is not going to get Colton Adams drafted or Bubba drafted, that's on you. Like if 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 Central State beating Mississippi Valley is not going to get some Mississippi Valley players to be considered to be undrafted free agents or drafted, that ain't my problem. I'm out there to win at the end of the day. So that's just the, really the notion that that, that really is, is, is crazy to me. So you, you're telling me if Davius Richard has a great game against UCLA, which we're rooting for him to beat an FBS team, that's not going to make him look good? Any of the UCLA fans are going to be like, you know what? We suck fire the coach. Like, they're winning games. They were 9-4 last year. You know what I'm saying? So so it's like, I think this this, this notion of, like, this superiority, we got to be better. We have to be heads, head and shoulders above. When there's other opponents and other conferences that are beating FCS teams, not just HBCUs, because like I said, I want to say the last thing. I'm watching that Ferris State Montana State game because Ferris State they are they they won the D2 championship back to back. They beat Valdosta in 2021. They beat they, they beat Colorado School of Mines in 2022. So I'm just saying, like Ferris State is great. They have a great defense, a great run game. So if they beat Montana State, are you going to say fire the coach at Montana State? No, you're not, because y'all not even going to watch because it's not an HBCU. Anyway, let, like, like, let's just move on, and, and let's talk about you know our games of the week, Ariel. So uh, for me, uh, my game of the week, and this was this was tough. I'm not going to lie to you, because I think that I have a, the potential to be very wrong, okay? My game of the week is UCLA versus North Carolina Central. So – my thing is I've been building up almost like a scouting tape, like a scouting, you know, situation against UCLA. And there's something that popped out to me when I was looking at the numbers, Ariel, looking at the game. So, of course, Alabama State, speaking of Alabama State, played UCLA last year. And UCLA's pass defense is not that great. And Alabama State in the past did pretty well getting the ball down the field. Of course, when Alabama State got destroyed by UCLA 45-7, to but Alabama State averaged 195 yards passing for the season. UCLA gave up 223 yards passing against Alabama State in that game that they played. So for me, that caused me to look at UCLA a little bit different because it's like, man, y'all let Alabama State, who was not a great offense, we're seeing that this year, y'all were letting them pass on y'all. Like, y'all let them get right. I know Miles Crowley was on that team last year, but y'all were letting them get down the field. And then, you know, we saw the numbers regress to the mean, and they didn't see another game like that. So I'm looking at UCLA, and I see a big glaring issue in their secondary. 
Now, of course, they were outscoring teams. You had UCLA, like they, they were allowing 273 passing yards a game, but they were just straight out scoring teams last year. And they started out 2-0 this year. So I was close to being like, you know what? Maybe I want to change my pick, Ariel. Maybe I'm not going to pick North Carolina Central because UCLA, 2-0. But then you look at the trend. They beat Coastal Carolina. They beat San Diego State. They held both opponents to 11 points per game. But you look at the passing yards. The pass defense is still an issue. They gave up 242 yards passing for on average for both of those games against teams they handily beat, kept them out, out, out the end zone. They only scored 11 points. So what that tells me, Ariel, is that a competent quarterback can move the ball down the field on them. And who better than a more than competent quarterback? Who better than a generational quarterback? Who better than the dual threat quarterback in, in HBCU football, Davius Richard, to move the ball down the field and put him in field goal position, put him in position to score? He's going to run that ball in the end zone. He's going to be better passing the ball and get the upset over UCLA. It's going to come down to Davius Richard. Davius Richard is going to go crazy. This is his draft game. We're talking about players getting drafted. This is Davius Richard's draft game. So I honestly believe that this is how he gets drafted or undrafted and get into the league. I think that people are going to really start looking at Davis Richard different with how he fares against an FBS opponent. But that offensive line is going to really be key to how North Carolina Central competes in this game. They got to make sure they keep Davis Richard upright. They got to make sure they contain that pass rush and also help when Davis Richard wants to scramble and run the ball and Mookie Collier wants to run the ball to get them in position to win this game. Because I think it will be competitive. And another thing, too, one last thing, Ariel, is that Khalil Baker. Khalil Baker, I said he was a player to watch. Khalil Baker, I want to see him get drafted, too. I want to see him put up some draft tape in this game. Like, you have three receivers for UCLA that are really good that I want to see him lock down. You have, you have J. Michael Stervant. He's a cow transfer, had five receptions, 136 yards, and one touchdown versus Coastal Carolina. He's like, Khalil Becker might need to really match up with him. They might need to really put Khalil Becker on him. They might play some zone. But then, man, I want to see Khalil Becker knock that ball out of his hands. Aeneas Williams Awards winner, right? Be Aeneas Williams in this game. Like, knock that ball out. Get interceptions. You got Logan Lawyer. He had four receptions for 77 yards, one touchdown versus San Diego State. Knock that ball out of his hands. Get him out, out, out of rhythm. Make it where, like, they can't get in their route effectively. Josiah Norwood, two receptions. 87 yards, one touchdown for San Diego State. Khalil Baker, for sure, needs to lock these boys down, but it's not, not just him. He's one man. So that's secondary in general. Lock them down because they got some talent. They have some offensive talent in that wide receiver room at UCLA. But Khalil Baker, Davius, Richard, Mookie Collier, they got to lock them down, Ariel. And if they do, okay, if they do, I'm picking them. Okay, I'm picking them by field goal. Picking them by a field goal. It's going to be within three points. It's going to look like Appalachian State versus Michigan in 2007 by a field goal. Okay? They're going to win this game. All right? If they lose, I'll just take it. I, I, I'll take it. But they're going to win this game by a field goal, Dario. It's always, you know, you always, when when the confidence is up, you know, that's when <laughs> that's when the assurity of maybe Central winning this game goes up too. I am going to give Central my vote. And the only th this has been on my mind since we started um, this episode. I honestly believe that if Davius Richard put up the same because Central has had to me 
the better team than Jackson State from the two years that we had Deion Sanders. That's just been the better team, period. Forget the recruitment class. Forget what, you know, he did for Jackson State, which was amazing. But Central has had the better team. But if Davius Richard put up half of the numbers that Shador Sanders has to put up now, and he is the better player, I would believe that he would steal the Heisman Trophy completely. Like, you see Shador Sanders, and, like, he's having – he's had a great two games, like, over over 500 yards and in, in passing, and his completion numbers have been absolutely amazing. But they had chirps at him at Jackson State that he could be a Heisman. But now that he's at Colorado, it's like, oh, yeah, he can definitely steal it. If Davius Richard had the same opportunity, which I know he never – he would never leave Central, but if he was to leave Central and put up half of the points and half of the yards that Shador Sanders was doing right now at Colorado and him, to me, being a better quarterback, Heisman contention completely. I hate how they're just – oh, just because they go to HBCU does not mean the capability because, to me, like how we how we see and what he's been doing, this is a better quarterback than any of the ones that we're seeing playing now. And for him not to have Heisman talks is crazy to me. But I think it's just because of the schools that he's at and also the numbers. Like, we haven't seen a two 200 yards in passing or above these past two games, which to me is a little irregular following Davius Richards and the kind of season that he usually puts up. I mean, I know it's just the beginning, but I just think this is a little low for him. But he – the passing yards are definitely going to go up against UCLA. You have no problem about that. But I do agree with you that they have to be locked down. Baker is going to be really essential. But on to my game of the week. My game of the week is Howard versus Hampton, the real HU battle, as some people like to call it. I definitely think, and I can say this confidently, and I'm trying to reassure myself that this is going to be confident, that Howard is going to win this game. Hampton, to me, especially Christopher Zealous, I haven't, I've seen the same two stats that he's had for these back-to-back games when he had played Grambling and when they were there at East Michigan. Same, 14 of 21 when he was playing Grambling, but he was 14 of 26 when it comes to completions in his pass attempts. Same amount of yardage, about 150. But in this Grambling game, he had two interceptions, two touchdowns. But in this Eastern Michigan game, he only had two touchdowns. But I see a lack of consistency. When he was playing Eastern Michigan, they just was on the decline, period. They tried to come back within the second half, and that really didn't work out. Before Grambling, they were winning. And they could have pulled out. They didn't have all these mistakes, and you saw them in the second half. So the inconsistencies of Hampton really scare me going against Howard, who once they start on a roll, stay that way. And they can only go up from there. I think there have been improvements to Howard's office, Howard's offense extremely these past year and during the offseason. And it's going to be hard for Hampton to beat that if they can't figure out what they need to do on offense themselves because their defense isn't really that great. Not saying that the competition that they have played these past two weekends has displayed the type of ability that their defense has. They definitely it definitely could have been put to the test against Grambling and the game that they should not have lost by four points. Well, should not have won by four points, actually, honestly, my correction. They should have blew Grambling out, just to me. But that's just a testament on you, how you were speaking so highly of them, that they may come back this season and prove that they're a more dominant team 
than what we've been seeing. But Hampton has had these really close games where they can show that they are better and show their strength. But it's something in there in that offense that just collapses. And I think that is on the quarterback not being able to sustain his team. So this is the only reason why I say Howard could potentially win it. And like I said, they've been on a growth spurt this past season. I'm extremely proud of what they've been doing coaching-wise and on the coaching side, building up their quarterback to make him a little bit better. He was really terrible. I would have to say one of the worst passing quarterbacks that I had seen the season previous to last year. But Howard is going to take this maybe – I'm not good with numbers, but Howard is probably – this is not going to be a blowout and maybe two scores. But Hampton is just not – I'm not sure about them. They're not doing it for me specifically. I feel it. So I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I had Hampton uh, down. <laughs> like I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to change my pick. I'm changing my pick. You convince me. I pick Howard. If you're confident in Howard, I'm confident in Howard. Because the reason why I picked Hampton is because I, I just feel like, you know, Hampton might, might, might pull it out at the end of the day. But – I'm very confident in Howard. I feel like this win could mean everything. This win could mean to me even more than the Eastern Michigan game because, yeah, they lost that game. They competed well against an FBS opponent. But this is your rival. This is your rival. And you got you got Howard, like, like you know, Howard's lost some games to Hampton. So, like, the fact you beat your rival and it possibly, I think it could be decisive. Because I honestly think that Howard got some stuff cooking. They got some great players. They got some guys that could really get drafted. You know, Kenny Gallup Jr. is one of the guys, you know, you you really, you know, we're propping up. So I think that they can go out there and win because I just think they have the squad this year. And I think that we're not going to see them really be tested into that uh, Morgan State or North Carolina Central game. So I'm going to pick Howard just off, you know, the strength of what you're saying. And we, we own Sirius XM Channel 142 HBCU. Shout out to Howard. I love me some Howard. They, they gave me my opportunity being in radio, our opportunity being in radio. Audio. So listen, we're going to go with Howard this time around. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Howard. And I think that, you know, they're for sure uh, going to win. So listen, so we gave our games of the week. So like I said, we're going to be tracking our progress to see how good we are at picking these games. So we track the progress. And here's the record, okay? So I was nine and seven in the games we picked, including our games of the week on last week. So I picked North Carolina Central for your game of the week. For my game of the week, I picked Jackson State by two touchdowns. So I was right about that. I was nine and seven. I was I was wrong about Hampton. I thought Hampton was going to beat Norfolk. I was wrong about Hampton. I was right about North Carolina Central. That's the reason why I am nine and seven. I also didn't choose Miles. I could have been 10 and six if I chose Miles to win it because Alabama State. I didn't have the courage of my conviction. So for that, nine and seven. Ariel, you were eight and eight. You were right about Norfolk, but of course, you were wrong about AT versus Central, but we're not going to hold that against you because that is your team. Okay. That's your school. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. So to be fair, we didn't do all that bad. And of course, we have FBS matchups. So we might, I mean, we, 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 could, we could take them off. We could take the FBS matchups off and have a better record, but we're not going to do it because we real. Okay, we real with we just gonna take that. All right, so we, we were wrong by Morgan State and Akron. Okay, so we're gonna really you know try to lock in and really get our, our, our records better this week. So and also we're gonna do D two as well. So let's talk about the games of the week. So we're gonna start off with FCS versus FBS. So Bethune Cookman versus Miami. Can we agree that Miami has this one? Oh, we can definitely agree. Sorry, Bethune Cookman. We love you so much. But um, yeah, we can definitely agree Miami got this. 
So yeah, so Timber versus Norfolk. So I, I'm interested to see who you pick for this one. So who do you pick for Timber versus Norfolk? I'm going for Temple. Norfolk has made interesting competition as to certainly why we should choose them. I just think Temple has a little bit more power and a little bit more concise team than Norfolk has right now. Like I said, they have a compelling argument to make that I could be wrong, but I think Temple is coming out with this win. So, okay, I totally agree. I think Temple's going to win this game. So Texas Southern versus Rice. Texas Southern got beat down this past weekend. Shout, shout out to them, they got beat down. So can we agree that Rice going to win this game? Yeah, we can definitely agree. <laughs> okay, it's feeding through. So SMU versus Prairie View A&M. So Prairie View didn't feel that well against Abilene Christian. So can we agree S- like SMU going to win? I don't – I want to hesitate. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I just don't see it for them this week. So, yes, we can't agree on SMU. Okay, so we, we were just talking much- about them actually at my station. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, crazy, isn't it? We talk about them in sports. Yeah, SMU may take this away from Prairie View. You can be talking about them next week too, and they beat, beat Prairie View. I'm telling you, you can talk about them too. Where it's like, listen, that's not all HBCUs, okay? A and T beat three FBS teams, so calm down. You know what I'm saying? That's what you're gonna tell them. All right. So listen, okay. Jackson State versus Texas State. So I was very bullish on this matchup in our in our preseason show uh, because I saw some glaring issues in Texas State. I think in general, when you look at the FBS. What you see from the box score numbers is that they're not good at pass defense. Like, you know, you have teams like Georgia that are that are great defensively all around, like all-time great defenses. But every FBS team isn't Georgia. And I know that when you look at the passing numbers, they're playing, they're playing FBS quarterbacks. Now, of course, my argument is we have talented quarterbacks in HBCU football, like a Davius Richard. That's why I'm picking North Carolina Central to upset UCLA. But at the same time, a competent quarterback can pass for over 150 yards to 200 yards, especially if you have a wide receiver that's quick, that's elusive, that can get to the spots, you run some good plays. So honestly, for me, Jason Brown has to be better. I think Zod McDonald could, could be really good as well. Um, but I'm picking Jackson State in this one. I'm picking Jackson State. Now, Texas State just beat Baylor, okay? They just upset Baylor in week one. So I was like, whoa, okay, wait a minute. I don't know. But I will, I will say that all these folks that are saying, well, these prognosticators, they're, they're saying that Jackson State's not going to win. It's the committee. I'm not a part of that committee, okay? I'm not. I'm a part of the HBC Post Radio Committee. I believe in Jackson State. I believe Jackson State's going to be good. And, I, and win or lose, I'm picking Jackson State to win this game because I think that there's a way that T.C. Taylor can scheme that game and win. I will say if they win, it's going to be, once again, by a field goal. It's going to be a really close game. But if they lose, it could be a blowout because Texas State seems to be really good and they got the quarterback room together, but I'm picking Jackson State. Texas State is winning. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Texas Texas State is winning. I mean, Jackson, to, if you put Brown on that field, I don't feel as if from these past two performances that they have been the most consistent. And that's the thing with Brown, his inconsistencies. And I know they're still trying to figure out that quarterback room after losing a very remarkable quarterback um, in Shador Sanders. And their team isn't bad. Their team has the ability to put points on the board. They're really tough and they're strong. But Texas State upsetting Baylor steals the whole argument that they could win. And I'm not saying there is anything, there's not anything wrong on Texas State's side. They still have a defense that they need to figure out because that Baylor game may have just been luck. But I don't see – I see this as a close game. I can't give them that. I can see this as a close game because Jackson State is not going out without a fight. 
but I do believe they will lose this game. Texas State is going to win. All right, so that's so that's our first delineation. So we'll see what happens with that. So HBCUs versus non-HBCU FCS teams. So Delaware State versus Richmond. Let's be real. Can we just say Richmond's gonna win this game because Delaware Let's State? Let's do it. Yeah. Sorry, we we're not even going to debate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Tennessee State versus Gardner Webb. I picked Tennessee State. You know, congratulations to them. And I'm happy that I'm being proven wrong because, listen, that man's job was on the line. It's been on the line since last year. And he was like, listen, he now sees that he on the line. All that good nonprofit um, charity work that he's doing is great for the school. But your job is on the line, sir, because you haven't produced the football team that we need to see. But that win was absolutely amazing. And so, yes, we can agree that Tennessee State is going to beat Gardner Webb. Yeah, I mean, when you look at that game, you know, uh, the Southern Heritage Classic, I think that Tennessee State should have won more decisively. Uh, what you saw on the box score at the end, because Tennessee State scores that last second touchdown or that, that last touchdown in the fourth quarter. Like, I think it was a closer game than it needed to be. And it showed me a lot about UAPB. And we'll talk about them in a second. But I, I think that Tennessee State, if they start really getting to it and once again beating these FCS teams, because, of course, you know, you have Garden Webb that's in the Big South. So, you know, they're not in the OVC play just yet. So if they beat Gardner-Webb, I think that Eddie George's seat is going to be safe, and I think it gives them some good stuff to build on. So I, I think that Tennessee State wins this game. We both agree on that. So Alcorn versus McNeese State. So here's a note. Alcorn beat McNeese State 30-19 to last season, but they've struggled. And I know they, they played an FBS opponent, but they've struggled to start this year and the quarterback room seems like it's not all that great this year. So I'm going to pick, honestly, Alcorn. I'm probably going to be wrong because they beat because they beat Manny State last year. But I'm, I'm going out with the ship. I'm, pick, I'm picking Alcorn, but I don't know. We might be going down together because I really I really want them to win this game. But they they haven't been as confident nor played as confident as they could be. And we, we all see that they've been struggling since the end of last season. Uh, it has not been great. But hopefully, Alcorn, please give us, you know, positive points that we pick you. Please. Because I want this win for you. It's not even them winning this for themselves. We want you to win. We're all rooting for you. Please do not disappoint us. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So, oh, this is a good one. North Carolina a versus Elon. So, Aria, what you thinking? I'm in my Delulu phase, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my Falcons phase. I'm rocking with them to the wheels fall off. You know, even if we go, oh, and 10 this season, I'm rocking with them. Um, as you can see, the confidence is not in my voice, but that's my team. That's my school. I'm going to rep them till I die. So North Carolina A&T over Elon. Confidence. I think that I, I, I think a has to pick it up at some point. I think he has to start this week. I'm um, central is, Honestly, might be pound for pound alongside FAMU, the best team in, in, in HBCU football, especially, you know, in the SWAC and the MIAC. Uh, of course, you know, they, they they play UAB, and that's not a good first game to play, especially, you know, with some inconsistencies at the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. I, I think that they're going to do like I did last year. You know, AT was in the Big South. They won some, you know, pivotal games. So I think that we're going to see them in the CAA. They're going to win some, they're going to win some pivotal games. So I know you're going to pick them, but you're not confident. I'm confident that this could be the week that they start the win. But if not, I guess I'll just be wrong. Okay. <laughs> Morgan State versus Towson. So 
honestly, I needed to look at this one a little bit more, especially after they fumbled that game against Akron. But here's my thing. Let's just say they didn't fumble the ball. They would have won the game. If they, if they didn't fumble the ball and they got those first downs and kneeled down, they would have beaten Akron. So I think that Morgan State's defense, especially that run defense, like I was talking about, I think that it is as advertised, like I said, it's as advertised, and I think they are good on that front. So for me, I'm going to pick Morgan State because I believe that that defense is holding up well, and if they do beat Towson, oh, it's going to be a terror for North Carolina Central and Howard and Norfolk and all these different teams because they're coming. I'm going to have to disagree with you, and I think Townsend might pull through just because Morgan State at the end of this game, and that fumble was probably a pit in everybody's stomach. And, I, you know, it's it happens. You have these games where, like, you're doing really good, and then just the worst of it happens. We saw it last night with the Jets and the Bills. That That's just something that nobody had expected. And of course, this season is not supposed to be scripted. I love that. I love that commercial and the what they chose because it just makes me think everything is scripted now since the beginning game. But I think that Morgan State will still be riding off that fumble and will play too cautiously, which will allow Townsend to capitalize off of that. And I know the coaches and they're probably thinking like, we got to shake it off. We got to come back from this. But having that kind of a loss, that kind of close loss, it does affect your game and how you're going to play. So I think if they don't have that shaken off or brushed off their shoulders within that first quarter, Townsend could run away with it. And that's what I'm scared about. But I believe Townsend might pull through. That's my pick. I feel it. I feel it. So we have, we have a little delineation there. So, that hey, let's good. We're going we go to see who's right. So, of course, well, Howard Hampton, we both pick Howard. You convinced me. We both pick Howard in the Battle of the Royal HU. So, Grambling versus Florida Memorial. Oh, my gosh. So, Florida Memorial <laughs> was actually really good. They're actually really good. Uh, they're, in NI, they're in AIA school. They beat at with Waters in the SIC. They beat at with Waters. They beat them between the past two years in the Big Cat Classic. And they had a shootout against Bluefield University. Not Bluefield State in the CIAA, Bluefield University. So they had a shootout. It was a heavy offensive game in week zero. I think that Grambling's going to win because I'll just say this, that if we look at history, Florida Memorial did lose 86-0 to to Southern last year. So just saying. So I'm, I'm just saying. Now, Florida Memorial goes out there and wins, hey, I'm, I'm rocking with it. But I just think that Grambling's going to win this game, especially with offense that I see. Grambling had my vote regardless. I, you know, I think to me, this is a good win um, and a little bit of a good matchup just to test to see how Grambling is actually faring out. But I wouldn't be surprised if Florida Memorial overpowers them and wins. Like, it's one of those things like Grambling, like, is literally given to you. Like, this, we, we want to see you do great. But it's just that inkling of like Florida Memorial does have the capability to win. <laughs> but Grambling, we're going to agree. Grambling, you have our vote that this game is yours. Like you have our blessing, our HBCU Pulse Series XM podcast blessing that you win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Florida Memorial, that offense is crazy. I'm telling you, they, they got a high powered offense. Like, so I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be as decisive. This year, I don't think I don't think they put up a goose egg. I, I think that if they lose, no matter what, if it's 90 points that Grandma puts up, 
I like I think they get 14. You know what I'm saying? Like they're gonna they gonna get on that scoreboard. If if it's a close game, they're gonna they're gonna get by a touchdown or two. You know what I'm saying? Because this offense is legit. So I think it's, it's gonna be interesting. So Southern versus Alabama AM. So just to, to hit this one really quickly, I'm gonna pick Southern for this one because come on, come on, they gotta win at some point. They gotta win at some point, Ariel. I'm picking Southern. I'm picking Alabama AM. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just- over Southern, over Alabama, A and M. That's that's pretty bold. It's pretty bold, Randy. <laughs> they gotta win at some point. A kill glass not walking through that door. For Alabama, A and M. Kill class gone. He not walking through the door. Like you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> like Robert Mathis ain't walking through that door. You know what I'm saying? He he about to be in Hall of Fame. He ain't walking through that door. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, listen, Southern. Like you know, Pete Richardson not walking through that door either. All right, but I'm just I'm just saying. You know what I mean? So I, I just I'm just saying. You know, so I I need Southern to. To, to win to win this game because listen I know this is you know this is not going to count against them in the in the SWAC West because Alabama A M is in the SWAC East but you got to get you got to get a win man you got to get a win, win on that board this ain't looking good so listen so we so you pick A and I'm picking Southern so let's do Division Two so I'm gonna toss it to you you know to, to lead on that you know so Division Two I'm so excited yay we're we're back with our Division Two matchups they make me happy I love discussing them all right we started with the CIAA. Bowie versus Shaw. Who do you have? So Bowie's going to win this game. They beat Delaware State. Uh, Bowie is traditionally a, a really good Division II team. I think that they get back to where they were. They were really good last season, but Damon Wilson leaves and goes to Morgan State. So I think that, you know, they lost a little bit of the recipe. And then Virginia Union broke out because they had Jada Byers, you know, doing a lot of amazing things up there in Lake North. So I think Bowie wins this game. Shaw is going to have a really rough start, and the schedule makers weren't kind to them. You lose the Benedict. You lose an out-of-conference game to a non-HBCU. Now you got, you know, you got Bowie trying to get back where they fit in. It ain't good for him. All right. I'm all right with you on that one. Hopefully you don't steer me wrong, Randall. Next, we got Virginia State versus St. Augustine. Who are you picking for this one? Virginia State, I think that they're going to be scary because it's been a two-person race. You know, it's always a two-person race in the CIAA North, and Bowie tends to win out. But Virginia Union was close to winning out until Chawan stole it from him. Shawan's gone now. So I think Virginia State, they got some guys. They got some guys that could possibly get some draft buzz. And then they just beat Norfolk like our Bowie beat Delaware State. So I'm just saying, I think that I think that Virginia State wants their respect. So they're gonna handily beat. So they're gonna handily beat San Augustines. San Augustines isn't there yet. They need to rebuild and get things together. So Virginia State wins this game. Listen, the confidence level is on 100. I, I'm all right. Okay, then. So then we have Lincoln University of Pennsylvania versus Fayetteville State. Who you got? So this is a tougher one because this probably could be like the game of the week for the CIAA because Lincoln is, is getting really good and they have a really great quarterback. But I, I just, Fayetteville State's 0-2 right now. They lost the gimme game to UNC Pembroke that in that first week that I was watching on the way to my brother's uh, football game. He's, he's in the band. And, you know, we're going to, to, to support him at the game. And I'm watching it on the road. And they were looking really good. They got the lead against UNC Pembroke. And they fumbled it. And, and you know, they lost that game. Not fumbled literally, but they fumbled the game. Not like Morgan State. They fumbled the game. And they lost. You're not like Morgan State. So, like, you know, they got to get back, back on the board. And I think that this could be the game. But I wouldn't be surprised if Lincoln beat him. I honestly wouldn't be. Because Lincoln – is a quality offense. So I wouldn't be surprised if Lincoln beat them, but I'm going to choose Stanford State just to be safe. 
Faith will say, just know you're his safe choice. Not his, not his only choice, his safe choice. I just, I, I'm sorry. You threw more, you stay underneath the bus like that. You just, you, you're not going to get away with these comments. Like they have been disastrous, Randall. Oh, we're almost done. Johnson C. Smith, shout out to them versus Bluefield State. Who you got? Listen, Johnson C. Smith, you know, worked to establish football. Okay. Worked to establish HBC football back in the day. This ain't that team. <laughs> Bluefield State gonna win. <laughs> Bluefield State. That's that. <laughs> this ain't eighteen hundred. Bluefield State gonna win. This ain't, this ain't the same. Okay. Listen, Bluefield State is gonna win this game. Bluefield State. They're, they're coming to the CIAA and they're taking names. Okay. They're gonna be really good. I think for years to years to come. So Bluefield State got this locked up for sure. Listen, we we've seen a lot of times that there have been forefathers and front runners that have started the movement but sometimes you're not the one to finish it and and you know i feel that johnson c smith you're just not the one to finish it and that's okay y'all finish the race soon almost last one living stone versus virginia union you have basically turned me um willingly into a jada buyers fan so i already know who i want but what is your pick randall Virginia Union, easy. Uh, Jada Byers, uh, he's coming to Harlem Hill this year. Um, I think that Jada Byers really wants to win this CIAA championship. He wants to make the playoffs again and, and get that back when he lost against Wingate because Wingate contained him. Uh, and, you know, they, they want to just be dominant. And they did really great against, against Morehouse. So I honestly believe that, you know, Virginia Union is going to win this game. Uh, just in general, like you know, Livingstone, like I said, they like they established you know the the culture with, with the football, but you know it's just that they're not where they need to be. Ben Coates ain't walking through that door, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm just I'm just saying. So I think Virginia, I think Virginia is gonna win this game because Ben Coates ain't walking through that door for Livingstone, but Jada Byers is walking through that door, and he's the new great for Virginia Union. So Virginia Union gonna win this game. All righty, last but not least, Winston Salem versus Elizabeth City State. That was a lot. Who are you picking? Winston-Salem. Um, Winston-Salem, they got to get back right somehow. And I think that Elizabeth City State is the right game to get them together. Elizabeth City State, they've had some good teams in, in the past, but just not recently. So I think that Winston-Salem is going to win this game pretty handily. All right, let's go ahead and move on now. We got the SIAC, to me, the SIAC. We're going to start Tuskegee versus Central State. I really want Tuskegee to win this, but who do you have, Randall? Tuskegee's gonna win this. Uh, they, they're, they're the. I mean, they're doing their thing. I mean, they have you know Antonio Meeks who could easily. That's why I'm, I'm saying talent in Division Two. Antonio Meeks easily could get drafted when it's his time. Especially if he stays at Tuskegee, he's gonna be that guy. So Antonio Meeks, you got you got Aaron James, who's a former Tuskegee quarterback and has seen so much success for Tuskegee and was a part of it from 1998 to 2000. So I think he wants to restore Tuskegee back to where it always has been. And I think Central State is a formality. Shout, shout out to Coach Kevin Porter. You know, they, they beat Mississippi Valley. Kevin Porter was at Fort Valley before, before he parted ways with Fort Valley back in 2019. I got a lot of love for Coach Porter. But, nah, Tuskegee got this one for sure. I'm glad we can agree on something. Next, we got Savannah State, who's produced phenomenal talent, versus Clark Atlanta. I love my Panthers. My sisters are Panthers. Been over rough of a season, but who you got? Four out of beat down Clark Atlanta. <laughs> they beat him down. They yeah, beat, you know. I watched that game. It was. It was I was it, trying it, to sugarcoat it. It's. It's been rough. It's been more than yeah. rough. But you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I. I don't know what what Coach Willie Slater gonna gonna do. I, I don't know what he, he gonna do to get them going. But Savannah State, they disappointed me. They really disappointed me. 
And, you know, because I'll look at them different when they beat Fort Valley and ruin our playoff chances. I'm, I'm never going to get over that because we're going to make the playoffs. But, like, Savannah State ain't been looking that good. I thought we thought they were going to beat Bethune-Cookman. They didn't. So we're both wrong about that. So I don't know. I think Slater needs to get a win. They get, they get Clark, the Clark Atlanta faithful confident in him. And I think this possibly could be that win because this is the Savannah State that came down from the MEAC, you know, and when was winning in 2019, 7-3, 2021-8-2. This ain't the same team. So I think that, you know, they got to get it together. Uh, but I think Clark Atlanta uh, could win this game. But I, I put down Savannah State. So I put down Savannah State. I, I really want to change my pick to Clark Atlanta. But I, I'm going to stay with Savannah State. I'm going to stay. Are you, are you sure? Going I'm, once. Yeah, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. All right. He's locked in, guys. All right, next, University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. We talk about them a lot versus Miles, who just had an outstanding upset. Who do you have? So, of course, you know, Pine Bluff is swag, and they have been looking really good. They look really great against Tennessee State. But Miles, I'm telling you, Miles got that recipe, you know, and then UAPB, you know, they had that duel last year, and, and it wasn't all that far away. So I didn't pick Miles last week. I think it's going to be flip-flop. I'm, I was wrong. You know, I might be right this week. I'm going to pick Miles. I'm going, I'm going with, with Miles, SIC. They're going to respect us at some point. <laughs> at some point. Some, some, the key word at some point, they will respect you. Will it be today? Probably not. But you know what? I, I might be with you on this one. That upset has me kind of turning my wheels slightly to the other side. Miles might be with you. On next, Allen versus Kentucky State. I pick Allen, Kentucky State. They started off really nice against Clark Atlanta. Tuskegee beat them down. Tuskegee beat them down. So with Allen, Allen got a really great passing offense. Like I know like statistically it might not be the best passing offense in the SIC from last year to this year, but it looks great. And that they have a competent quarterback. Coach Keaton is an amazing offensive mind. He has a great offensive mind around him. Allen really is, is just getting back into the conference, and they want to be competitive. So I think that Allen beats them by a touchdown or two. I'm, I'm sort of shaky on how dominant they're going to be, but I think the big test is going to be Kentucky State's defensive line and the pressure they're going to put on the quarterback because Allen wants to pass it. But I'm picking Allen to win. I want you on that one. The next one we got Albany State versus Morehouse. Morehouse just lost to Howard in excruciating 19-265. Not to say that's the best thing. I don't think this is Morehouse's game, though. What, how do you fear, Randall? So here's the thing. So I do the SIC spaces with, you know, my guys, you know, with uh, the SIC graduates on Twitter spaces, and we just talk about what's going on in the SIC, and we did game picks um, on, on Sunday. So, you know, we, we're, doing, we're doing the picks, and I was like Albany State, you know, like Albany State is going to win this game. And of course, I still stand on that. It said, they said Morehouse. So it's not like it, it, it's definitive that everybody thinks Albany State is going to win because Coach Gabe Gardena ain't walked through that door. He had Charleston Southern scoring like 14 points on Clemson. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like making that, that seat high for Dabo Sweeney. So Coach Gardena gone to Charleston Southern. So mm -hmm. Coach Quinn Gray, he has some things to clear up. He has things to clear up with that offense before they really get, you know, knee deep into really truly competing. This is, you know, going to be their first matchup. They played like Albany State played Wingate and lost. They played Vardosta, played better against Vardosta, and they lost. This is going to be their first in conference game, and it's going to count against their in conference record. So I think Albany State wins this game. Like, they've been traditionally good against Morehouse, but 
I think that it wouldn't be far-fetched to Morehouse one because Morehouse, they got to get a win at some point. I see some bright spots for them. It just didn't look like it against Howard, especially, and not and not Union either. But I think Albany State's going to win this game. And I want to just say it is crazy. Talking about rivalries. It is crazy when a Fort Valley State University alumni believes in Albany State more than the prognosticators. I, I, I believe in Albany State. I believe they're going to win, win this game. Just like the Final City Classic. Okay. <laughs> On to some of the teams that have been on our radar as of recently, including last year, Lane versus Benedict. We talk about Benedict a lot, but Lane has been looking kind of good. Who we got? Benedict has this easy. Do, 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 do you know that? Like they like they played two games. They played against Shaw, played against Edward Waters. No touchdowns. No touch. Not even a score. Mm. Two goose eggs. The defense is like that. Coach, coach buried it. They, they were talking about Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is a great motivator. He's a great talker. He is great. Mega church pastor. But Coach Barry can, can run a competing mega church. Okay. He's motivational as well. Like Coach Barry can make you run up a wall like you Spider-Man out there. I'm telling you, he will motivate you. Like oh, like I one and oh. One and oh. He, he says we ain't we ain't thinking about the end of the season. We ain't thinking about the championship. One and oh. We taking it one week at a time. They're gonna go one and zero again, and it's gonna be one and zero. And Lane gonna get o, o <laughs> for no points, like zero. Like like Benedict is gonna win this game, zero points. Like they like no touchdowns, no field goals. They like listen, Benedict Benedict might not let no one score a touchdown or a field goal. Chair play for Valley. Then they're gonna allow a lot. They're gonna allow a lot. For Valley gonna, gonna, gonna score some touchdowns. We're going to score some field goals, you know what I'm saying, on ESPN too. But for right now, bit 1-0. Benedict going to win this game. Well, speaking of both of those teams, for our last picks, we have your alma mater, Fort Valley State, versus Edward Waters. I know you're an alum. This might be your team, but we're also not biased, and we keep it truthful over here. So who we got? Um, Fort Valley Fort Valley is going to win this game, but here's my thing with Fort Valley. My, my thing with Fort Valley is that I don't like how we do in clutch game situations. Um, I brought this up in the SIC space I was in. You look at the game against Allen last year, early in the season. Allen takes the lead. We got to come back and win. You look at that Savannah State game. We were leading. Then Savannah State got the lead. We couldn't win. Look at that Tuskegee game. Both teams look good. Fort Valley looked competitive. Kelvin Durham got injured. And then we had a chance to win. We had multiple opportunities to win. Durham got us in that red zone and we could not convert Tuskegee wins 37 to 31 in the red tails classic. Then Clark Atlanta, who, who honestly, as what we've seen right now, the evidence that we have is not that great of a team right now. And Clark Atlanta was tied going into halftime with us. until so we sort of took off in that second half. So I, like how the offense starts so slow, the offense starts slow for Fort Valley, although we have an amazing quarterback and then crunch time situations. Sometimes Calvin Durham wants to be a superhero. Like I'm like, don't be a superhero. Be Tom Brady. Like, like just get that ball down the field. Like, if, you, if there's a deep throw, throw that deep throw. But short passes, get us down the field. Get us a higher percentage opportunity to score. That's really what I want for Kevin Durham. Now, he, he knows more football than me. He's the star quarterback. He's the preseason offensive player of the year for the SWAC. So he knows more football than me. But just as a fan, as an alumni that's supporting this team, I'm not saying, oh, Fort Valley's going to win. Like, Fort Valley is going to win, but I don't think – that if they don't sure up the, the offense to start the game, and if it's a close game, how they handle the close game situations, Edward Waters can come in and sneak them. 
But Fort Valley is, is, is going to win. I'm just nervous at what I've been seeing. But the defensive line are you up for Fort Valley? Oh, oh, it's like that. That's what well, – did you notice no FCS team scheduled with us? Okay? Defensive line. They, they don't do that defensive line are you up. I'm telling you. Defensive line something else. You know, you know what I'm saying? Defensive line, you, you know, Alabama State scheduled us. It, it, like, it looked just like an NFL team. Like, like, like man, man they'll think they're playing NFL team playing against Fort Valley with the defensive line. So, listen, defensive line is as, as advertised. So, if Fort Valley falls the defensive line, we're going to be all right. Hey, it's, y'all heard it here first. Gave you the breakdown, the rundown, the postgame, the pregame. We know who's winning next week. And then we got a little bit of SWAT competition versus some non-HBCU D2 teams. Delta State versus Mississippi Valley State. I'm a little fond of Mississippi Valley State, but I'm not so sure about this matchup. How are you feeling? Delta State's winning this game. Delta State, they won last year. Like, Delta – see – Here's the thing, and we're about to go on a second. Here's the thing that people don't realize. Delta State played Jackson State in the, 2020, the fall 2021 season. Shador Sanders, the, the Heisman contender, the right now the number three pick in the NFL draft. I'm bringing them up for a reason. Delta State was going back and forth with Jackson State. Shador got hurt in that game and had to leave. Jackson State ends up winning. As long as I think, oh, you lost to a D2 team. Delta State is one of our better teams. And then Patrick Shegal, we talked about him last year, is that guy. He was going tip for tap with Shador back in 2021. Of course, Shador is better now. He's, he's gotten better. But Patrick Shegal can be an FCS quarterback. Patrick Shegal can possibly be an FBS quarterback. He has a high, he leads a high-powered offense for Delta State. So if Patrick Shegal is playing and, and the game is like that and you open up that playbook, I'm sorry. Like, Mississippi Valley's going to lose to another D2 team, and it ain't going to be an HBCU. So, it's even worse, okay? So, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying. So, Delta State, they're going to win that game. They're going to air that ball out. And they have, they have you know, uh, they have a propensity to beat. They have, they have a propensity to beat Mississippi Valley. So, just saying. You know, this is one of the games that we kind of question. We kind of see where we fall, but this could also, also be a potentially good matchup, as we've seen with, with Miles and Alabama State. Florida A&M versus the University of West Florida. Who are you picking? My, my, my. Mm-hmm. My, my, my. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Go ahead, Johnny Gill. Go ahead. Who, who, who are you picking? <sighs> who looking good tonight? Who is looking good, Randall? <laughs> I'm going to pick Florida A&M. You know, like, the teams I root for, like, I root for FAMU and FCS. Like, FAMU, like, Fort Valley was is, like, my, my HBCU. Like, it was my school. I wanted to go to Fort Valley since seventh grade. But... FAMU, honestly, was my dream school. You know, so th- there's a lot of, like, reverence that I have for FAMU, and I root for FAMU. But West Florida, if they underestimate West Florida, I'm telling you, it could get ugly. West Florida is a Division II contender. And I think that was what this game does. FAMU wins this game, but what this game does, we saw against, Al- against Albany State. Albany State competed well against FAMU last year. And this team is better than last year. But what we're going to see is that possibly that gap is not as wide because what you're seeing is a University of West Florida team that admittedly, even though Benedict was really great last year, Virginia was really great last year, Fort Valley, Albany, we had some great teams. Tuskegee was really great last year. I think that if we're looking at last year's University of West Florida team that made it to that final four, you know, to make it to you know, the, the Division National Championship, they made it there. Like they, they they were the final four teams. They're better, they're better than the D2 HBCUs, at least from last year. They're better. 
if they played Ferrari, they would have beat us. If they played Mendy, they would have they beat us. They they beat Delta State. They beat Wingate. Wingate beat they beat Wingate beat Benedict and Virginia Union. So for me, this ain't your typical team. And they have a proficient offense. They have high powered offense. They can air that ball out. They can throw that ball. They have a really good defense. I'm, I'm picking FAMU, but these folks are like, oh, it's a D2. Oh, we'll be done by halftime. No. Okay. All right. How like watch the halftime gonna be crying when they up 14 to 0. Don't don't underestimate them. Don't underestimate them. I'm telling these folks be playing already. Fam, you gonna win. And if they, if they they blow them out, cool. Fam, you was great this year. No argument from me. I'm, I'm a fam you fan. I'm I'm, I'm I'm about to say we. <laughs> we gonna win. You know what I'm saying? I'm a big fan of fam you. We gonna win. But at the same time, I'm telling you. Y'all got y'all gonna start sleeping on these D two teams, and y'all y'all better hope that West Florida don't don't show y'all something. Just saying. Listen, four a.m. You have my vote, but take the advice that Miles College sent to Alabama State. Don't ever underestimate a D two team. I think we have our picks, Randall. I don't think they're too bad. I, I don't think they are either. I, I think I, I think some of the teams gonna disappoint us though. You know what I'm saying? We go we're gonna have a losing record next week. You know, this, with, this, with ain't, this ain't been the first we, time we've been disappointed. You know, it definitely yeah. hasn't been my first. So hey, it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, li- listen, we, we like at the end of the day, we do root for the Falcons. So you know, like, <laughs> like I'm just saying. <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, I'm not gonna jinx it. It's it, it was pretty good winning this Sunday, but yeah, it was. you know. It's against Bryce Young. He's a rookie. Didn't do too bad besides his interceptions. But listen, once you get past that, Ritter got past his. He's still having some difficulties just a little bit to me. I'm not so confident in our QB one pick. But, you know, it is it is what it is. We're going to ride with it. Listen, at least we're not the Cowboys and the Giants out here. I will never go down in history that disrespectful of a game. Never, yeah. never going to do that. <laughs> we ain't never allowed that. We ain't never going to do that. Yeah, that, that that was that was crazy. Like like that that was crazy. But listen, Ariel, th- th- like this was a great show. Tell everyone where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Instagram at underscore underscore dot Martin Day Ari, or put me in the hot seat on Twitter at ask Riri underscore underscore Twitter X the new thing that Elon Musk is just trying to invent. Or you can follow me on my website at the unexedopinion.weebly.com. Like what you hear? Uh, yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to HBCU, HBCU Pulse, Pulse Radio. Radio.